Welcome to this edition of the Mission Bitcoin Podcast. On today's episode, we talk with Blake Bradley. Blake lives in the Toronto area and has paved the way for his church to start accepting Bitcoin. But beyond accepting Bitcoin as a tithe, Blake has a vision for what Bitcoin can do for the church. We discuss common Christian objections to Bitcoin and the importance of making the moral case for Bitcoin first. We lay out a pathway to Orange Pillar Church and we discuss whether adoption of Bitcoin promotes porn or drug addicts. Finally, we discuss how Bitcoin can help with Christian charity. This is a great conversation. I know you will enjoy it. Now, a little bit about our sponsors. Jeter Melder LLP is more than a law firm. It is a legal team. Justin and Michael have over 30 years of experience working with different clients on different legal issues from different sides of the docket in areas such as business disputes, constitutional rights, employment agreements, employment discrimination, local counsel, and pay issues. Jeter Melder have advocated in federal and state courts in Arkansas, California, Illinois, New Mexico, and Texas. With a unique blend of clients from doctors, fellow attorneys, tradesmen, hourly workers, and the unemployed to small businesses and Fortune 500 companies, they all have one thing in common. They believe in Jeter Melder and Jeter Melder believes in them. Give them a call at 214-699-4758 or visit them at JeterMelder.com. That's J-E-T-E-R-M-E-L-D-E-R.com. Hey, Blake. It's it's great to have you on the show. Uh, it's And it's been a pleasure to kind of get, you know, get to know you a little bit. Uh, Blake, for the audience, uh, kind of describe uh, who you are, where you are, and, and what you do. Sure, yeah. My name is Blake. Um, uh, I live in Canada, Ontario, specifically the province. Uh, actually, today we just got announced that uh, we have COVID uh, passports being uh, uh, instituted. So I had to walk a couple of friends off the edge. <laughs> so that that's uh, real fresh. Um, I'm, uh, our, I'm, I work for a company. We're in digital marketing for the automotive industry. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm in sales and marketing. So I meet with uh, car dealerships and I, I talk with them about their digital advertising, their websites. Our, our company specifically provides websites for them. Uh, we're the largest one in Canada. We're coming into the States in a big way here shortly. Um, contemplating whether or not I should move to the States as a result of this COVID passport thing. Um, make sure it's a red but, state. Uh, Wherever you move, make sure it's a red state. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, um, we're opening up some. Um, so, so there's two halves to our business, like the website side, digital marketing side, what I'm on, but we also do like um, uh, wholesale uh, auctions. And so it's all digital based. It's all uh, dealer to dealer type thing. So anyways, all that to say is that we're coming into the States in a big way with respect to the auction platform. And then we will subsequently follow up with the uh, websites over the next oh, I don't know, year, six, six months to a year type thing. But I've kind of asked like, hey, can I, uh, <laughs> what would it look like to come down to the States? Um, because it, uh, yeah, it's getting a little bit um, uh, questionable uh, living here in Canada, like what's our Ontario, where, where things are going in terms of government overreach. And it's a little bit uh, concerning, right? And so what, uh, you know, as a believer, what, um, does this have an end time feel to it or when I was, I mean, I'm 39 years old now, I was saved when I was 19. So, you know, 20 years, um, I've been a Christian and I was saved going to a Pentecostal church. You know, they would have very much talked about, 
kind of dispensational uh, eschatology. Um, so, you know, rapture, Jesus is coming, you know, thousand year tribulation, so on and so forth. Um, I'm not necessarily of that persuasion a- anymore. I'm, I'm thinking more through, you know, covenant theology and, you know, uh, the day of the Lord and the rapture maybe being the same, you know, what what the millennium kingdom uh, is and what that thousand year is, even if it's literal or, or, or right now, or, you know, if there's a man of lawlessness, like the antichrist, like a specific guy still yet to come, I'm not really sure. Uh, I do know that, um, you know, government overreach has existed throughout history. I think that we have had some unique privileges and liberties being in, um, you know, in Canada, we're in a bit of, you know, the shadow of the, of the United States with the constitution and stuff like, but we have a, we have a charter of rights. Um, but that seems to be being squashed, but I don't know, it kind of seems like God's grace, uh, for the last couple of hundred years, um, to, you know, have some liberties. And when we're kind of getting encroached upon, um, uh, it hurts, you know, it, you know, like it, it doesn't feel good. And then and I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know, the freedom of the individual and so on and so forth. But, you know, a lot of places around the world, um, they don't have that, you know, China, middle, you know, Southeast Asia, like, you know, and, you know, we think about all the communist dictatorships, you know, Paul Pot in, in, in Cambodia and stuff like that. Like they, um, persecution of people, um, has certainly happened all the time. So the fact that it's now just coming to North America in a, you know, a more, um, real way. Um, I don't know if that necessarily indicates, end times but um it is a good opportunity for christians to uh share the good news of jesus and the hope that we have in christ and that um no matter what happens in this life you know our hope is not in this life right um that our hope is in christ and that you know we just want to be faithful to to proclaim that you know yeah it's a great word i mean it the um Man has always had the uh, proclivity, or the man has always had the the ability to oppress man. So you're right. The fact that it's just now coming to us is is really nothing new. Uh, we have been yeah, blessed. I, I think I think sometimes we see um, we see it too much as um, it's it's kind of self righteous in a way, right? To think that we are. Um, it's gotta be the end of the world because we're being persecuted. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, whereas that's kind of the norm around the world and throughout history, yeah. like, you know, you think of the Egyptians or the, 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 uh, Israelites in, in Egypt and yeah. uh, all throughout history, the Israelites have always been, um, uh, slaves, right. Yeah. <laughs> to, some, yeah. to some capacity. And so well said, yeah, um, well said. Uh, Blake, for the for for my sake and for the audience sake, uh, kind of describe how you first got into Bitcoin. And it seems like uh, in the discussions that I've had, most people that get into Bitcoin, there's there they have a particular expertise or knowledge that kind of is the first hook. And it seems like for you being on the digital side of things might have kind of bent you towards that way. Is that is that true or what kind of how did you first get into Bitcoin? Uh, I, I think I've always been a bit of a, a, you know, kind of a technical nerd, you know, like tech and stuff like that. But I, I, I wouldn't say that was really my initial uh, motivation. Um, really, like what we had talked about in the, in the previous to this is um, 
I was over in South Korea. My, my wife and I taught in South Korea in 2007 to 2009. And that was during Lehman Brothers and the financial crash over in, you know, uh, the States. It felt it, we were kind of isolated from it. Right. But during that time, you know, I started listening to, to you know, some friends and it kind of pointed me in the direction of, um, you know, guy, uh, you know, Ron Paul and just having a more, I have a more libertarian bent to me to begin with and kind of just kind of questioning, uh, just quite, just questioning, not taking things at necessarily at face value. Right. And just knowing, um, that, uh, just because the government or whoever says something doesn't mean I'm just going to just, you know, accept it. Right. And so it got me starting think, thinking about money and thinking about hard money. Like what, what does that mean? Uh, he was always big in the audit, you know, auditing the fed and looking at the, the gold reserves, but then it just got me down the rabbit hole of understanding how America became the the currency, right? Like of the world and just understanding about the history of world war two and, you know, Bretton woods and, um, the gold standard and Nixon and, and all that stuff. And just, I'm just like fascinated by it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's really where I started. So I was a kind of a gold and silver bug and kind of thinking like, oh, we need hard money and, you know, we can't just print this stuff and so on and so forth. And I was, I think I first heard about Bitcoin probably in 2011. Um, so pretty early on. Um, and it was with Max Kaiser, I think, uh, mm-hmm. where he, where he was, uh, cause I, again, he was in that vein of hard, 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 um, money, right. He was always talking about silver and gold and so on and so forth. And, uh, but again, I, it was too, too complicated, um, to, um, not necessarily the concept, but just like to get it even. Right. And I was just like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm not, and to be honest, as a Christian, I remember thinking, having some, some, some reservations about it because I just heard yeah. about this digital currency and I was like, oh man, like this is, this could be the mark of the beast, you know, like, right. this is, yeah. um, and I was probably at a different place in my eschatology then. And I think I probably, probably stayed, steered clear of it and didn't do that much research into understanding what it was like maybe believing that there was rulers behind it and there were some nefarious actors, so on and so forth. And so, yeah, I, um, I just stared clear and then kind of just continued to, you know, do things with, uh, uh, precious metals for a number of years. And then I think it was like 16, 17, where I started to really dial back in and started to do more research and, and really understand what it was. Um, and, that and was that, was that, was that motivated by the price going up? I mean, was that hard to kind of resist the fact that, wow, this thing's really appreciated I think, value? I, I think the price going up gets you, gets you, um, looking at it again. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, just like, oh, what, like, wait, what am I, that's a thousand bucks. Like smokes. I remember looking at that when it was like two bucks. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was, uh, you know, discouraging. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to think that just like oh, we've all man, we've all had those feelings <laughs> yeah I, it's actually funny someone put on twitter recently like that like little it's like a drip of like hey just put your whatever that, this website and you'll get five free bitcoin and i remember i i think i remember even seeing that website and being like wow well, like whatever this is like pennies at this time um so anyways it is what it is and uh uh, God has been still, still very kind to me to get me in because I still believe, obviously, that we're still extremely early um, in the journey here. And so as you think about um, the technology, OK, so, you know, you learned about it, the numbers going up, you get back into it and you're learning about the Fed and Bretton Woods and all that. 
did you ever come to a conclusion or the assessment that the current monetary system in Western governments, not just ours, but all Western government, did you ever come to the assessment that it's one evil or immoral or not just? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would definitely say that. Um, I knew, again, in that same vein of uh, a Ron Paul or even you know Max Kaiser and stuff like that saying like, and believing that inflation was hidden theft. Right. And like you are paying tons of taxes and and the government is controlling the issuance of this money that I need to pay taxes in. And yet they're inflating it like crazy that I know that my purchasing power is going down. Uh, you know, I'm paying more and more all the time, but it's it's like a, the, the, the bottom of my my um, money purse has been slit and it's slowly just money's leaking out of it. And so that's definitely how I've seen it. I think uh, more as of late, I've seen the the evil um, uh, intentions of of what's possible. Um, you know, the the even this COVID um, stuff. Like I, I'm 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 not uh, suggesting COVID is not something um, uh, like a, a, a virus. I, I do think it's real, but I do think it's being maybe leveraged to. Um, to uh, an end and that end is ultimately i think money printing and uh, and by money printing you're effectively breaking the economy by breaking the economy you break the people who depend then on the the government for handouts and then you know bingo bango you're rolling into like a, a communistic um you know a, a socialist system where you know the individual depends on the government and yeah and and even today, you know, with in Canada with this rollout or Ontario with this rollout of the a vaccine passport, again, it's not about a, 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 a immunization. It's not about a vaccine for me. Uh, it's about what is possible with the control measures that are are being put in place for you know the the, the COVID passport. You know, and six months they say, well, you you no longer are uh, viable unless you get your another shot and then it just yeah. continues to snowball from there. Right. And so yeah. you know, th this is why, um, you know, um, on Twitter, I'll make posts about um, to Christian leaders, James White and stuff like that, where um, they're there. There's people they know that their churches are being shut down with their PayPal account or whatever. Yep. And, yep. and, and, and I insert a little thing, to say like this is why a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer, uh, immutable um you know ledger true <laughs> trustworthy ledger based upon you know rules not rulers is important for christians i mean everyone but specifically christians because i do think that we will persecution is coming that we need to be thinking how can i be um nimble to still live and still be able to commerce because you know we still need to do that um if if the powers that be suggest you know say you know at this point it's your it's the virus but all of a sudden they say you know what your hate speech you know that stuff about romans one or, yeah or whatever yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that doesn't work for that doesn't work for us so that's right um, yeah well so, yeah, so i mean so we started this discussion talking about you know whether or not bitcoin was the mark of the beast but it's fascinating because if anything has has shown its colors quickly, 
it's these virus mandates and, and vaccine mandates as being a method of control. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if anything is, is could be construed as being mark of the beast compared to Bitcoin, it would certainly be the vaccine mandates. Uh, no question yeah. about that. Um, so uh, at this point, uh, Blake, where, you know, kind of describe you, the church that you go to and, you know, have you been able to talk to many people about Bitcoin? What's the general reaction? Uh, when you when you start talking about Bitcoin, do people don't don't really I mean, other than your close friends, obviously, they'll, they'll probably listen to you. But um, if you try to talk to other people about it and kind of warn them or, you know, help them, do they think you're kind of wearing a tin hat? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our, our, our the church that we go to um, used to be um, Harvest Bible Chapel. I don't know if you remember that guy, James McDonald. There was a number of churches around walking the word. Is um, Anyways, that's su- su- subsequently fizzled. But uh, our pastor went to Master Seminary, uh, John MacArthur, down in California. Sure, yeah. um, so we would be um, reformed um, Protestant. I don't know. Like we, It's mm-hmm. not Baptist. Like It's just non-denominational, really. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, reformed persuasion, um, and, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I've, I've definitely had, ex- you know, I had one friend who is all in, like he's one in that I, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it wasn't even a couple of years ago. I think it was 2019 that he and I were talking and, uh, I think actually it was even last year. I think it was last year. It was like February of last year, which is crazy this time. Anyways, uh, so they, he ended up selling his house at the right time. But prior to that, we'd have been having conversations. And when I first introduced what it was, he was like, you're nuts. Like, what is this? But then subsequently through conversations, you know, got in a little bit. And then he ended up selling his house uh, and going all in. And this is a, a good, uh, you know, one of my very good friends from church. And now, you know, we've been <laughs> meeting um, with a few of our elders and it's been brought up in elder meetings and stuff like that, where they're um, considering uh, putting Bitcoin on their uh, treasure in the, into their treasury. Um, but maybe more setting it up so they can accept Bitcoin and just kind of hold it. Uh, I don't know if they're quite there yet where they can take, you know, a percentage of their, the money and, and, and put it into Bitcoin. But I think many of them, uh, a number of the leaders, um, Actually, one he even said to me, even as uh, as recent as a few months ago, he said, "You know, thank you for telling me about this because it's kind of changed my family's life." Because I think, oh, that, wow. you know, I, mm-hmm. well, he, he he got in. I think he might have got, you know, maybe even one. I don't know, two, but um, it was around when it was maybe around ten thousand dollars, right, in the last year. And so all of a sudden, when it's fifty, like that can be, you know, quite quite life changing for some people, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and even if, even if you, cause we talked about, uh, I, I think many, um, not all, but, but some Christians are kind of suspect of the government and are, are seeing, um, what is going on in terms of the money printing and, you know, our, our, our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, um, he just gives money to the whole world, except to Canadians, it seems. <laughs> and, and, um, you just can't continue to do that, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and there's just, there's a, there's an inkling, there's a leaning towards like, you know, how do we pay for this? Like, how does this work? And then, but then having those conversations where I can educate and not even talk with the technical really uh, with people because blockchain you know, time chain, like, what are you talking about? But really yeah. going back to like understanding what makes money good 
And how does Bitcoin fulfill that? Does that Agreed. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that I think that for those of us who learn about Bitcoin, I don't, I mean, at least for me, it wasn't the blockchain technology that compelled me. It was, no, you know, no. Yeah. But once you buy into it, yeah, you want to learn more. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think that the emphasis on the technology is going to be a quagmire trying to get new, especially uh, older, older folks and, and maybe people even in the church who don't work in a technical background. I think that oh, yeah. you're right. No, I, I Comparing the hard money and fiat should be enough and, and showing the immorality. And then, yeah. And then even what I've been doing, like my wife and I and kids were at a family camp last week and Christian family camp is fun, but there were some young, younger people there, uh, you know, tw- early twenties. And we were talking about money and stuff like that. And people kind of know me as the Bitcoin guy and they have some questions, or whatever. And I said, Hey, let me just do this. And I can talk all about, you know, money and stuff like that. But I said, here, download this app. And it was MUN, M-U-N. And was able, and it's a really nice UX and user experience because like I was able to, I don't know, put $5 worth of Bitcoin in there, but I was able to send them lightning transactions. And it clears instantly. And I kind of explained to them what's happening. I said, you know, base layer one is Bitcoin. And think of that as kind of like gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, you know, if I push that over to you, then it's yours, right? Type thing. And then whereas layer two is almost like a cash, right? Where you can kind of quickly move it in and out, you know, so on and so forth. And so um, they, they seem to get that. But it was really just like the experience of like, oh, that was easy, you know, like, yeah. and so then explaining to them, like, you know, if, if what a sat was, you know, it's a hundred millionth of a Bitcoin and they go, okay, that's, that's cool. I I thought you had to buy a whole Bitcoin. And I was like, no, no, like two bucks, you know, like no problem. And then to say like, now that you have that Bitcoin is a closed system. As long as you hang on to that, no one can ever take that from you. Like that is yours. And that's private property. That's your digital property that belongs to you. And like that is a piece of the 21 million that will only ever be available. And um, again, I don't know if they're, you know, if that floats their boat, (laughs) but to me, I'm just like, that's incredible. You know, like. No, I mean, that's fantastic. I'm I'm taking notes because those are, those are great, great points. Um, So at this point, well, you mentioned the elder who kind of came up to you afterwards and said, Hey, thanks for sharing this. This has kind of changed your life. Uh, where, where is the church as a whole? And when I say the church as a whole, I mean, the leadership, I mean, where are they in kind of implementing this Bitcoin strategy at this point? And, and um, what, what, what do they want to try to do? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we're still pretty early days. Uh, I think all of our elders, including, uh, all of our elders have bought actually some Bitcoin based upon uh, us meeting and, um, our pastor hasn't, he's not opposed to it, but he's just like, I, you know, I still have some questions. I was like, well, let me, let me, you know, do this type mun mun situation, right? This app where I can save some money and get, get a, get a feel for it. Um, but I talked to the pastor there recently and I told, I, I have a, a node set up and, um, so I'm helping to verify the network Yes, <laughs> and, uh, and, and for said, you. Listen, let, let, let's yeah. do this for, let's do this with the, um, for the church. And we can set up um, a little BTC uh, pay server on, uh, I use Umbral. It's very, super easy to use. Yep. And um, 
get it set up so the church can just receive tithe or receive donations in Bitcoin. And um, uh, I think that will go a long way. But he, I, 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 I pitched that to him and he's like, sure, let's do it. You know, Awesome. And have you guys so, implemented that yet or not? No, no, no. I, that was just like two weeks ago. And then we went away to family camp and stuff like that. Okay. And I'm sorry, Blake, for interrupting, but do you think there are enough people in the body that own Bitcoin that would actually want to donate in Bitcoin or sats? Uh, perhaps, you know, but I mean, every great journey starts with one step, right? Yes. And yes, so, um, you know, Bitcoin Beach started as like bootleg, right? And now El Salvador's in set, what, six days is going to have officially Bitcoin as a, as a new legal tender, which is yeah. insane. Yeah. And so, but that, that started in one little village and then just like wildfire, uh, people see the value of it. Um, it's fast. Like Jack Mahler's one thing he talked about recently that I really appreciate because sometimes I just want to talk about like Bitcoin, the asset, but he was talking about like Bitcoin, the network yes. and how that's equally as impressive. Yes. And that equally is important and final settlement. And it's just like, it's instant. It's there. And I'm just like, wow, that's true. Like, that's insane. You know, yeah. like um, it's one thing just to talk about the nugget of gold, but like it's the rails to get the, you know, to, to make it valuable. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that we're well on our way. I think that I'll continue need, I'll need to push a uh, push to make it happen. Like the, I don't think the pastor's really like, Hey, come on in. Let's look, you know, let me right. get, you know, go to Amazon, Amazon and buy my raspberry pie. Right, right. Like I'll probably, I'll probably need to, to push to get that done, but I'm pretty committed to it. And I think it'd be pretty, uh, pretty neat. Um, yeah. and then, and then even introducing it to the church. I mean, I, but you know what, it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Um, like a lot of Christians, I know, uh, like we homeschool a lot of, Christian, a Christian homeschoolers, when I bring up Bitcoin, are usually a pretty easy sell on it because they, they, I don't know what it is. I think it's just a, a willingness to, to, to go against the grain of the uh, system. And, and then they have ears to listen to something that might be a little bit um, contrarian, let's sort of say, yes. right? Yeah. Not, not, for this, not for the sake of being contrarian. Yes, yeah, of course. The, yeah. But for the sake of like, I'm willing to listen, you know, there's a certain humility that comes with, with Bitcoin um, that you need to be able to put aside your preconceived notions of what it is and actually learn. And yeah. many, many, many people are, uh, are not there yet. But anyways, all that to say is that like, I could see um, a, a couple, I actually had a friend um, write a whole book, a booklet, if you will, about is Bitcoin worthy uh, in a negative light to say like, oh, we shouldn't be putting our hope in Bitcoin and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, like that's true. And I, amen. Right. Like I shouldn't be, yeah. putting my, but like, you also shouldn't be putting your hope in your house or like, yeah. you, you, or, or your money or your dollars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like you, you can't just uh, apply that logic to only Bitcoin. Right. Like yeah. it's like to yeah. everything, like, are, are you tied to this world or are you, is your, is your heavenly kingdom, uh, uh, uh you know, to be, uh, in the future, right? Like, um, sort of speak, you know, obviously we know the Lord is in dwellness here now, but all that to say, yeah. um, yeah. So it, it was, uh, just because we introduced Bitcoin at, at, to the church doesn't mean everyone's going to be gung ho and be like, you know, I'm in, you know, cause a right. lot of them might say like, you know, are, what, what are we doing? Is this some kind of like, yeah, are, are we, 
are we promoting, you know, porn addicts and drug drug users and stuff right, like that? Right, right, right. Well, do you think do, do you think from a you know from a tithing perspective, do you think it would be helpful for the church? That, you know, using the strike app or the moon or swan Bitcoin or something like that, that if Blake wanted to tithe, when you push the smash button to buy Bitcoin, you had a slider and you could automatically say, I want 10% of my purchase to go to the, to this charity or to this church. And on the converse, if you decided to sell, you had a slider and you could say, you know, I want 10% of my sell to go, you know, to the church. Do you think that would be um, useful for church adoption or or giving tithing the easier you can make a transaction the better so yes <laughs> i mean um the idea of the automatic millionaire who pays himself first because they don't feel it right um but when you actually have to get out your checkbook and make an intentional but again, it, it goes back to the motivation for tithe as well, right? Like we don't tithe just because we have to, because we don't, right? Uh, we're saved by grace through faith in Christ. It's not a mandatory thing that we tithe. However, uh, the easier you make something and, you know, we should be a, have a heart of, of giving, you know, we've been, we've perceived much. So we need to, sure. you know, I, it would be, make sense that we, we give much, right? And, but um, the easier you can make something, uh um, the less, the less friction. Yeah. The more, yeah. the more uptake you'll, you'll have. And so, yeah, I think that would be a, 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 an amazing feature. Well, I think I've mentioned to you, I, you know, I interviewed a pastor, uh, pastor parabolic, uh, Boyan, um, in, uh, New York. He's a pastor of uh, city of light church and he convinced his board to put $800,000 of their treasury into Bitcoin and this was last wow. fall, last summer, before Michael Sa- even before Michael Saylor uh, commenced his speculative attack. And now they have several million dollars of, in their fund, their, their building wow. fund. So, wow. you know, what, what would it look like? And, and I'm a big proponent of using Bitcoin and maybe perpetually funding church churches or social functions that the church should be doing, you know, helping the homeless or feeding mm-hmm. or whatever, or missions even, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think of it as Joseph with Pharaoh and seven years of laying uh, are to come after the seven years of plenty. So it seems to me that we're definitely in a time of plenty where if we plan now, we could store up and we'd have enough money to last generations if we did it right as as a church as believers and as as christendom so Mm -hmm. like let's walk through i mean like if you if you wanted to come up with a program to like orange pill the church that you go to you know what would you do and let's let's walk out that program what would that look like what resources do you need and yeah I think even just taking the approach of um, what El Salvador has done, for example, that it was kind of boots on the ground, you know, people, so some people starting to uptake it and then, uh, you know, Jack Mullers and strike team or whatever, meeting with the, with the uh, president and kind of then introducing it. And then it becomes, uh, you know, um, the, the motion to get, you know, put in place for legal tender and then, you know, as of, you know, next couple of days, it's going to be 
legal tender. So in that same respect, I think I have been doing that with people, right? Like where, uh, you know, but it's a little more um, bootleg, you know, <laughs> like it's like one off, one off conversations and, and people. And, and it's, it's kind of interesting. Like I've, I've always wanted to tell Christian, I think Christians of, as kingdom people, I want to tell kingdom people as much as I can, because um, they're my brethren uh, to begin with, uh, the Lord's people. And, and I trust God's spirit in them to use resources well. Right. And I want them to be equipped with the most Bitcoin as possible, because uh, I do think they'll need it. And so that being said, I've been trying to orange bill people and, and uh, talk with them about it. And so it's been it's been happening. Right. I would say uh, the next steps would that, that I had taken is approaching the leadership and then getting some of them on board, approaching the pastor. He's now cool with it. I think making a pretty bold um, statement to the congregation to say, like, we've decided that we will be accepting Bitcoin as payment going forward. You can still give your cash, your Canadian dollars. You can still, you know, but we have decided that if you uh, are uh, able and you and you uh, have the knowledge to do so, you can now start to tie it in Bitcoin and then just let that be with the, the congregation. And then they kind of go like, well, what the heck does that mean? You know, because a lot of people don't have any idea. Right. And so then at that point, start to educate people to say, all right, we're having a seminar on what this is, you, totally optional, voluntary. If you want to continue to stay in and, and do your own little thing, but if you're interested in learning why the church has decided to do this, we're ho- like Blake is hosting uh, a, a, a lunch and learn or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just it's 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 a slow thing. But I mean, as people start to do research and they start to see, wow, Bitcoin's compounded interest, you know, two hundred percent gains every year for the past twelve years. Like that's insane. Like why? Why well, is okay, that? How is that? Well, let me ask you that. Let me let's drill in on that because we both admitted that yeah, that that's what attracted us about Bitcoin. But in order to get beyond the the carnal nature of Bitcoin and, and what it does for our ego and our pocketbook, should we not first introduce, and I'm talking about, you know, getting back to this model of how we introduce it to the church. Would it be a better to backdoor the issue in moral statements rather than number go up statements? I definitely, I definitely think that it's, it is, um, it's not a one sided dice if you know yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. like because there's there is no denying the fact that people will be interested and it even even if it piques their interest to understand oh wow like what why would that be going up so much you know like and then start to bring in um i again because i do talk about the morality of it right the tr- the truth it's freedom truth money and that's you know how i talk with many people about it but there's no denying the fact that people have been watching mainstream media and msnbc and seeing like oh that thing just keeps going up or it crashes or whatever people definitely look at price like there's no right but but then that that feeds that feeds the whole perception of it being volatile so it seems that you know if you if you try to orange pill somebody when the number is really high and then it crashes then well, because here, here's the issue. Okay. So I think most churches and most leadership in churches 
tend to plan long term, you know, especially like for, you know, building programs We're we're, we're going to we're going to be on a five year plan for a building program or three years. So it seems like trying to accumulate Bitcoin for something like that makes perfect sense and they can weather the storm. OK, yeah. but if you start introducing Bitcoin and there's not a you don't want the individual member to be doing the same thing that the, the the church is doing because the church may put their they may put 80% of their treasury into bitcoin and you don't necessarily want everybody in the church doing that because if the number does go down and crashes then you've got some serious issues so mm-hmm. and and the reason i'm bringing this up is it it seems as if you'd have one less arrow to put out flaming arrow to put out if the the volatility was not an issue in the discussion you know, you're going to talk about the fact that it's money, but that's not the focus here. The focus is, as you mentioned, you know, stewardship. You, we've got to be good stewards. And the the current system is immoral. So um, that's I'm just trying to work. work yeah. That within. And, and, yeah. So so people and yeah. And I just want to be, I guess, be realistic. And every conversation I've ever had about it, people um, talk about. The, the volatility. And so that I'm just really w- ready to talk about that because that's what people uh, are interested in. But often I will say, um, don't think of it in terms of fiat or, and then we can introduce what that is, but don't think of it yeah. in terms of currency. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. And yes. so when we think about, when we think about uh, property and planning for the future, um, I think of Bitcoin as digital property, right? Like, you have ownership over it like nothing else. You know, it's unlike real estate. It's unlike bonds. It's unlike stocks. It's unlike, uh, you know, whatever, right? Because you're dependent on um, a counterparty, right? Like with stocks and stuff like that. But all that to say is that when you value bit one Bitcoin for one Bitcoin, it, change your, it changes your perspective, Right. Yeah. When, yeah. when when you look at the volatility, I said the volatility is vol- it's volatile because it's a free market. If more people start selling that day and there's traders and stuff like that, the price will plummet because people are selling. It's a free yeah. and open market. It's, it's, it's beautiful in some respects. Right. It's not manipulated. Um, it's whatever the market's willing to spend or pay for it. Right. And so don't look at it in those terms. I, I try to tell people this is what you should try to do. Get as much Bitcoin as you can for the least amount of fiat as possible, <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, it's about um, taking uh, acres, if you will, on the Bitcoin um, network. It's not about, um, you know, uh, how much how much fiat dollars it's going to yeah. be, because we know that uh, a Weimar Republic, you know, bread is is 50,000 mark. You know, just like, well, it doesn't mean anything. It's it's right. it's irrelevant. So Bitcoin all of a sudden is is 10, you know, $10 million a coin. But if if a, a can of Coke costs, you know, $14,000, it's just like, okay, well, it's all right. relative, right? It's just That's right. numbers, right? That's what's, right. My per, what's my purchasing power? Um, and how can I preserve my purchasing power? And that, that's what I try to educate people on. But the reason why I bring up, you know, dollars is because and <laughs> let me tell, that's what people if if it's either upside or downside, people are always interested in that, right? right. Because it just uh, it totally. it, 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 
Yeah, totally, totally understand. Totally understand. And I think on an individual basis, that's the correct approach. I'm, I'm just trying to reframe this, that if you're trying to present a package to the church, you know, does the, does the wording or the presentation need to be different? Like, you know, if you're given a seminar or, you know, if the church allows a, a, a Sunday school class or a Bible study uh, with Bitcoin. And so, I mean, do you think that a, that a seminar or, you know, I think, I think, I think, I think the reason the difference would be what the intention, if it's an educational thing, like come as an individual and ask questions about why, um, or what it is, so on and so forth. Uh, but there's a different conversation that can happen with like, uh, you say an annual meeting, general meeting to say, um, all right, folks, we have put Bitcoin on our, um, more of a statement, you know, we have done our due diligence and we believe that this is an, uh, an excellent way to preserve uh, our purchasing power going forward, that we have X amount of dollars in cash that we have um, taken out of cash reserve because we believe that it's losing its purchasing power and we have put it into Bitcoin and, uh, and let that be what it is. Right. And then um, because that we're not congregation led, right? Like it's not like the congregation votes on, oh, should we do this? No, yay, nay. No, it's just like the elders have made a decision, and yeah. then uh, and then uh, again seeking counsel. They're not just being frivolous, right? We, yes, we, yes. You know, well, obviously, we want to honor the Lord with all we do, um, but um, but then having the uh, approach of the individual. Now, this is what the church has done. It's kind of like what Michael Saylor did, right? It's just like, listen, I went, I went to the board, I presented it, I said, read this. They all read it, and we said, okay, we're executing, we're doing this. So you're, but <laughs> this. and right, so you, but okay, so I've I've written down three based on this conversation here. It seems like there there might be three possible ways to introduce this to the body. Okay, one would be, uh, look, just let's start accepting Bitcoin as a donation, and period. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. the next would be, you basically have a cheerleader like you that gets access to the leadership, uh, educates them on Bitcoin. They do their diligence and then they decide to, you know, put part of their treasury into Bitcoin. So that would be the second avenue. So the first one is, Hey, we kind of want to be a part of, you know, the digital revolution and we want to start accepting Bitcoin and, you know, we don't know what we're going to do with this, but this is what we're going to do. The second would be to have the cheerleader go to the leadership and then uh, introduce it into the treasury. And then I guess the third route would be to actually introduce it to the body either through individual interactions like you're doing and or through some sort of, um, you know, Bible study, Sunday school class or whatever, the history of money and and all that is, I mean, does that sound like a, Path, pathways i i think for the sake of transparency i think it would have to be uh, a, made a big deal in terms of introducing it to the congregation because you wouldn't want to i wouldn't want people i could see how people would be like why are we talking about this at bible study well why isn't another guy talking about this at bible study well and and especially <clears throat> especially if different people had different persuasions right so for example, uh, if my friend who I've orange pilled, he's a small group leader as well. 
if he starts talking about, but he goes in a different direction, not kind of approved or whatever by the, the leadership. And then they start talking because there's so many different facets you can go with yeah. Bitcoin, right? And so I think it really needs for the sake of transparency to be like out in the open. Uh, we, we are going to, we're going to, this is, this is what we've done or this is what we're planning to do, or, or this is, you know, whatever the case may be, but it needs to be a, a broad stroke. Um, okay. So maybe, the, maybe there's an approved curriculum or, you know, I've been toying this so. idea around of Bitcoin for churches or something, kind of a course yeah. that kind of a prepackaged course. And this is what we're going to teach I, on. And I, I like it. I like it. I mean, because at that point that if it's a set curriculum type thing where you can hand out uh, to people who f- you felt like could actually articulate and kind of answer questions and so on, so on and so forth. Um, that would be a good tool, right? But it's keeping every everyone on the same page. Yes, of course. Yeah, you, you can you can go in a bazillion different yeah. rabbit trails. That, that's right? like studying Revelation with different right. eschatologies, right? You want you want right. everybody on the same page. That's right. Right. Okay. Very right. very good. And, yeah. Very well and said. It's based, yeah. And it's based upon what the leadership has come to believe and, and and that's their conviction right i you know certain we have a statement of faith that wouldn't line up with every other church right yes it just, yeah the reality this is our statement of faith this is what we believe we feel like we're honoring god with this statement of faith or, yes. you know and so i think in that same respect having a bit of a, a, a catalog as to what our position is on bitcoin and why we believe it and what we're doing with that knowledge um uh, would be a good springboard. Okay, so let's assume that this we we've, we've executed this plan. I've kind of already given you my thoughts on you know how Bitcoin could be used, but I mean, as someone who's been using Bitcoin for a while and, and into it and and um, a devout believer, I mean, where do you see Bitcoin affecting the church, or how how could the body use how could a Christian use Bitcoin? How could the church, uh, your church, the 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 global church big c use bitcoin well yeah i mean in the same respect that um that book you know by jimmy song you know one of your guests and stuff like that um i thank god for bitcoin is that um i think we can really thank god for bitcoin because if if it is a bit of an antidote to this tyrannical centralized system that seems to be coming down the pipe globally and it is very much an antidote in a decentralized way. Right. And, um, I don't think a lot of people recognize that necessarily. So for churches, I think that it is the ultimate collateral going into the future, into the future, right? Like think about, um, I've heard it hypothesized before, like with Jesus and Mary and Joseph fleeing to Egypt after Jesus was born, after Herod was, um, uh, you know, threatened death to, you know, all the kids under two, they, they fled to Egypt, but how did they get there with means? And what do you think those means were? I've heard of hypothesized that they used the gold, the frankincense and the myrrh, mm. you, you know, they, they didn't, you, you, did, you get places with money, right? And yeah. so if you can say, all right, Mr. Cargo carrier, you're going to take me from, uh, Nazareth, um, to to egypt and i'm going to give you this nugget of gold and in that time like perfect i'll take you there right and because all of those things are for kings all of those things are valuable and all of those things would allow for freedom of movement right 
And if, if all of a sudden we have something that is ultimate collateral to say, you know, we need a building. Oh, well, we have three Bitcoin and that's worth $3 million or whatever. That building of yours will give you this um, and we need that building. Again, I don't know yeah, um, yeah. if it, if, if it means, if it means, um, you know, it could, it could get, it could get worse than that too. Right. Like, you know, there's no buying and selling with it. The mark of the beast, again, depending on what your eschatology is. If you think that the passport type situation is, um, a, a mark of the beast, so to speak, where it's just like, you can't come into the grocery store like what's happening in France, uh, unless you have a, a, the COVID passport. And all of a sudden, Bitcoin is working outside of that system and they can't control it and they can't stop it. So um, does that answer your question at all? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it does. And, and the, the gold and frankincense and myrrh, I've never heard that before, but that, that makes perfect sense. That, that's a great, that makes uh, perfect sense. So the, I, I guess the, the worry about, you know, kind of using Bitcoin in an environment like this, and I'm kind of answering my own question, but it, it seems like really Bitcoin is the answer because, you know, if, if, if things get really scary, who's going to want the Canadian dollar? Who's going to want the U.S. dollar? They're going to yeah, want something exactly. of real value. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, it's, um, yeah, I'm not sure beyond that. I, it, even, you know, within my head, you know, to know, to be wise, um, with, with what God has given to me and to be a, a leader of my family and to be a good steward. And, um, you know, you just don't know necessarily how to process and obviously, you know, praying and asking for God's wisdom and, and looking to examples, um, in, in the Bible, uh, examples of, of people staying and being persecuted for their faith and, and then other examples of people fleeing, right? Like yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not sin. It's not sinful to stay and it's not sinful to go. Um, right. motiv motivation is, is important. Um, we don't want to just put our hope in, in Bitcoin and, um, but it, it is, it is a, an excellent means to an end, um, to help, uh, God, the advancement of God's kingdom. And yeah. if that means that, um, you know, we can live outside of a, a centralized system, if that's what it comes down to, I hope it doesn't. I mean, um, but I mean, uh, Bitcoin is a bit of a, an ins insurance, so to speak, or, you know, yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's a play on the future. Right. Yeah. Um, and so if we can be, um, conduits of provision, for people who don't have anything, you know, I see friends of mine who, you know, hardly have any nickels to rub together. And yet, you know, in a hyperinflationary situation, what do they do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if I can come alongside them and say, Hey, I'm going to buy bread for you, so to speak for the next month, here you go. And I'm able to do that as a result of what I've been provided with prior to, you know, um, things getting bad then that's amazing. Yeah. Right. Like I can say like, listen, I'm doing this because I love God and I love you. And this is my motivation for doing this. It's not because I'm getting anything. I'm I, the Lord is paid my debt in full already. I am not earning any, yeah. and I haven't, I haven't earned any credit. I'm not earning any credit with him. I'm doing this because I want to see 
uh, him glorified and you get some food. And I would love to see, um, you know, Paul, Peter talks about, you know, like be ready to give uh, a, a testimony for the, the hope that is in you. You know, mm-hmm. give give a reason for the hope that it's in you, and like that's not natural that people share and give. You know, obviously the natural man can do some of that, but um, but to do it in Jesus' name, you know, that's not natural. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, as you were saying that, as you were kind of showing that motion of giving, you know, I wonder what it would look like to get a bunch of open dimes and start loading those now with you know fifty, a hundred dollars and you know, three, four years, they become, I don't know, a thousand, who knows, but that would be kind of an interesting thing because right now it's not going to cost you much to, to load up an open dime and then later on give that to somebody for their, for their needs. Um, Yeah. And I mean, as much as, as much as I think uh, we are, the the natural man, I think uh, my flesh wants to shrink away and wants to be comfortable and wants to just flee and just big, I'm just going to take my money and run away um, and just live in the woods by myself. That's what the natural man does. Right. Yeah. Um, that's what a lot of guys on Twitter, they, I'm making my Citadel and stuff yep. like that. Yep. Um, my Citadel is secured by the King. That's right. right? Amen. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so, um, and that's where, where no moth uh, can destroy, you know, or rust or rust or anything like that. And so, um, but being lights in the darkness, but obviously, um, you know, uh, helping people tangibly can be a, 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 a means to get the gospel to people to say, listen, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I can, I can feed you for a day, but I have bread that lasts forever. I can yeah, give amen. you water for yeah. a day, but I can give you water that lasts forever. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I wrote a piece on uh Bitcoin Citadel or city on a hill and you know, you're right. I see on, Bitcoin, Twitter, a lot of guys that want to escape to a citadel, but that's, that, that is an anti-Christian sentiment. That is, that is not what Christians need to be doing. We need to be engaging mm-hmm. with the world, uh, city on the hill. Um, oh, yeah. that's awesome. Like, I mean, yeah. like think, think of our King, <laughs> the God of gods, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings left his citadel. That's right. And, and came to us. Right. Yeah. Uh, an unworthy people, uh, uh, an enemy of his, and yet came for us. And yeah. that is the real true hope. And, and Bitcoin for me, is a, it's a means to an end. It's a conduit. It's a way of preserving my purchasing power, which is any, it is reasonable to do, right? I bought a house because it's a good thing to do better than renting. Um, and in my, in my particular persuasion anyways. Uh, and so, um, and, and for that same reason, that's why I invest in Bitcoin, but by no means do I ever want to say, put your hope in Bitcoin because, yeah. um, and I, you know, try to share this on Twitter, you know, like there is a, a debt payment that no Bitcoin will ever pay. And that's our sin debt to, to God. And, yeah. um, it's only the blood of Christ that, uh, washes away those, uh, and pays that debt in full. Amen. Preach your brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. As we kind of, kind of wrap things up here, Blake, what's, what's a good way for people to kind of connect with you? Uh, yeah, Twitter is good. Uh, my okay. handle is Blake, Blake W. Bradley. Um, okay. and, 
uh, I'm, I have some goggles on cause I was, I was walking around in the snow and, uh, I put some red eyes on it. <laughs> so yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, explain your, explain your, your Twitter photo, but you know, living in Canada, I mean, are you into cross country or what? I mean, I know it just, snows uh, you up know what, it, it was, it was like minus 25, which is this past Oh my week. goodness. Um, wow. it, it, I just, I wanted a new photo, uh, on there and, um, and uh, it was minus 25 and it was windy and I just was out for a walk and I took my ski goggles because it was better that I do that. <laughs> and I took a, a selfie with that with the intention of putting something a little more, mm, uh, I don't know, ambiguous, I guess, um, yeah. uh, for, my Twitch, for, my Twitch, for my Twitter hand uh, photo. And, um, and then I, I just think it's a funny meme of uh, Bitcoin to hundred K. So who, who goes for a walk in negative 25 degrees? I mean, that's just crazy. Well, you know what, when you're Canadian and you've grown up with it, it's, it's fun to put a whole bunch of clothes on and, and, uh, go out and venture around. It was a beautiful day, right? It's super yeah. sunny, but it's just, that's, <laughs> that's why I live in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. All right, Blake, this has been a great, great discussion. And um, I'm sure we'll be um, chatting with each other. Thanks so much for your time. Okay, appreciate it. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you would leave a review, that would be fantastic as well. Peace.